Hey, this is Carleone. And this is Logan. And you're listening to The Manifest. And this is our newest episode. Um, no, it's just, it's kind of cool because you can get all of your ideas mapped out in this thing to where, like, it looks very, like, like open and, and free. Yes. Type of thing. It's very open and free, okay. which is the reason I like it so much. Dope. Yeah. Okay. Where were we? We were, oh, we were getting ready to start. Yeah, man. Uh, well, thank you for joining us again, my guy. Uh, this is your second time. Well, okay, so technically true, but before that, you produced, you helped produce a podcast. Yes, yes, I did. So this is your yeah. third time in the room, in the building, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Doing a podcast. Yes, I'm sir. adjusting the, the sound levels right now. Sorry, guys. Yeah, I can hear that. Um, But so today, well, first of all, welcome to- Why is your sound level so much bigger than my- Oh, there okay, we are. talk. Talk. Hold on. Yours. We're back. Okay, maybe mine are up a little bit, too. There we go. Cause I'm one, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, today is the second episode. Oh no, today is the yeah. Today's the yeah. second episode of season three. Um, season three uh, is our new venture. Uh, we're actually doing a three-part series, and the three-part series that we're doing is called "Excuses Not to Pray." I did the first one um, on February the. February the fifth, uh, and uh, this one will come out the following Wednesday. So that'll be what the tenth. Yep. Um, and I want to thank you for being on because it was just it was actually kind of like a godsend. Uh, we got on the phone yesterday mm-hmm. and just started chatting, and um, you said that you were you just wanted to bounce some ideas off of me and just talk a little bit. And so we ended up doing that finally, and then you ended up talking about prayer, and you had a very interesting and awesome, really cool take on it. And that's actually what we are going to uh, discuss, is your your take on prayer. And so I decided to have you on for the second part of our two-part series, uh, Excuses Not to Pray. But um, first, I want to say thanks for being on, bro. Bro, thanks for having me. This is, it's always a cool experience to be able to come on and, you know, be a part of something that's this, that's taking off like this. So congrats to you, to Logue, to everyone that's involved in the podcast. I Thank mean, you, bro. And thanks to everyone else that listens, man. Like, this is fun. It's fun for me because it, it's a chance, it's a chance to sit here and have conversation w- with a, a good friend of mine and... A lot of people get to hear conversations that inspire conversation. That's what's cool to me. Exactly. Is that the whole premise of a podcast is listen to something that way you can learn and then you're able to go and have conversation about this stuff with other people, which is always, always a cool thing. So, Definitely. man, thanks for having me on. I appreciate Bro, it. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, you know, we're we're lining up guests, people we think, you know, will have some insight and some cool stuff to say and just some timely things to say. And that's exactly what this was. Mm-hmm. So um, in the second part of Excuses Not to Pray, um, you know, let's let's sort of get into 
Um, well, just do a quick recap. The first one, I don't know if you heard it, but yeah. the first one basically was um, about like just starting to understand what prayer is, how important it is, and like what what it, what it can do for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then I think in the third one, I've already written the agenda for it. We're gonna go into we're gonna go into much more detail on the positive and the negative effects of prayer, like not praying, yep. you know, the negative effects and the positive effects of actually praying, how it actually impacts your life and what it does for you on a day-to-day basis. And we'll sort of talk about that a little bit today too. So all these will be a little intertwined. Okay. And, um, but yeah, let's get into the second one. Uh, the first question we had was, uh, what does a consistent prayer life do for you? Um, so consistency is key in, in, in a prayer life. And, Again, I said this last time I was on the podcast. These are things that I'm working on. This isn't something that I perfected. I'm not I'm not at a point to where I'm like, look, guys, yay, I got it down. No, the, the, working out a prayer life is something that's complicated. It's not the easiest task in the world to do. Definitely. I actually got talking to, uh, excuse me, my, my uh, nephew's. Sunday morning and one of my nephews, my, my, uh, not my youngest, but, uh, my, my brother, uh, pastor Douglas Walker, his youngest boy, uh, he got talking to me about, you know, he, he's watching everyone else grow and develop. And he's like, man, like I like, why am I not being used like them? I feel like I'm being left out. And I was like, dude, you don't realize how fortunate you are to be dealing with that at such a young age. You don't have any life patterns that in bad habits and bad. I said, dude, I'm, I'm 25 years old and I'm dealing with bad life choices that I've made for years. Yeah. And I'm dealing yeah. with bad, um, basically habits, prayer habits that I have to go break those old habits and develop new ones as a 25 year old adult. Yes. Which is a, not sugarcoating that it's it's a complicated thing to do it is yeah for sure but um you know being able to be consistent is is something that there's two parts to that one you have to deal with the days you're not consistent because everyone's going to fall short a little bit you know what I'm saying? Like there's going to be days, especially starting out developing your prayer life to where you do really good four or five days. And then days, you know, six and seven, it's just like, whew, there was nothing there, man. Yeah, for sure. We've it, all, we've all felt that. Right. But so you have to deal with those days and, but, but the, the true effect of it, of an undisciplined prayer life is you have this, and this is what me and Carl got talking about yesterday an undisciplined prayer life leads to an undisciplined undisciplined thought life and that undisciplined thought life is something that uh, so I, i read a deal the other day and it got my mind just whirling but how many days have been ruined due to an a few moments where there was an undisciplined thought yeah like that single thought, the, the seed was planted in your head, whether that was due to insecurity, whether that was due to just the devil throwing stuff at you, mm-hmm. what, whatever that's due to, there's an 
there's an element of that to where if it doesn't go unchecked long enough, it, it ruins an entire day. And I asked somebody, I was like, did you really have a bad day or did a thought pattern the devil planted go for, you know, too long unchecked and put you in a bad mood? Yep, and that can happen. Oh, it's absolutely. It's like, like we were talking about yesterday, you could miss out, like you were saying, you could miss out on opportunities. You could miss out on certain things because uh, you, you didn't set, you didn't put yourself in the best position, in the best position possible by waking up in the morning and praying and, mm-hmm. you know, having gone on your mind throughout the day. Uh, you can set yourself up to fail like that if you, if you don't have a consistent prayer life. Mm-hmm. Um, you could miss out on so many different things. You could not see something. Or not hear something. Um, and that could change. And that could really o- honestly alter the course of your life. Every day, the small decisions that you think are small, like getting up and praying first or praying on your way to work or, you know, being in communication with God throughout the day. Those things we think are small, they all tack up and they add into something and they all end up being monumental in the end. So I, I know for a fact in the 24 years I've been living that I have altered the course of my life by not doing what I needed to do. You know what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. I definitely have. Um, I've not I've not spoken to someone or witnessed to someone because of a bad attitude that I had or a bad thought process that I had because I didn't pray. And because even after something happens, if you don't pray for that situation or if you don't get in communication with God to reset yourself, you know, that begins to fester. Yeah. And like you said, throughout the day, one small thing could, you know, mess up the whole day. Oh, absolutely. And that's the thing is you have to be very careful with the with the whole like, oh, I'm just in a bad mood. You got to be careful with that, because ultimately a somebody who is prayed up and especially not. This is another podcast in and of itself, what I'm getting ready to say, but not just a Pentecostal, but a Christian. As a Christian human, bro, you have to be so ready to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Definitely. That, that's what, okay, when, in, in Acts 1, it Jesus asks, or, or not ask, I'm sorry, but he says, once you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive what? Power. Yeah. But power to do what? To be my witnesses. It's not just power to, of course, these signs will follow them that believe. There'll be, the casting out of devils. But when you receive the Holy Ghost, you get a power to look at somebody and talk to them in a way to where they're completely, their life has changed. Yeah, definitely. But being, letting an un, or a thought pattern go unchecked and it puts you in a bad mood and there's somebody that's going to come across your path in, in that day that God died for. And God said, look, if I can, if I can get them if I can, that, that barista, let's, if they can work on that day and I'm going to send Carl their way. No, nope, yeah. Carl, Carl yeah. just had a bad thought that day. Yeah. It went unchecked. And now, now I'm in a bad, I have a bad attitude. So now I'm not going to talk to you. Yep. Now I'm not going to smile. Now I'm not going to be welcoming and yep. open. And we have all been guilty of that for sure. hundred percent. And what you got, what you got to realize is that that moment or the thing that made you upset or whatever is minuscule in the comparison of understanding that you could have missed a moment to oh, witness yeah. to someone. And that's, a, and that honestly at the end of the day is the purpose of our lives. It's like, we're, we're here to worship God and, and to do that, 
people are going to see us and see that light in us and then they're going to they're gonna want to want. They're gonna want to want what we have. Yeah. They're gonna want to know about what we have. And if you don't seem open and and and, uh, you know, like someone doesn't feel like they can come to you. Oh yeah. Man. Um. Then you definitely could shut off that opportunity. There, there was a scripture that hit my head while we were just talking about this. Um, it says in Romans five and nineteen, for as by one man's diso- disobedience many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. When you, when you have that in, cause all of us have, have walked in that mindset of disobedience to where we know God is trying to reach us. We know that God's yeah. pulling at us, trying to get us to, to be more than what, what we're doing. Ultimately, every single person has a call of God on their life. Yeah. Whether that is a specific ministry, whether that's preaching or whether it's doing what you do, bro, doing podcast. This is a ministry. Yeah. And I I just I just recently started to understand that within the last couple of months of doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's like if I don't come in here with the right spirit because I had a bad day. Oh yeah, bro. Then people can tell they can, they can they can feel that in the energy. They can feel that in the content that comes out when they hear my voice and they 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 can really get a sense of how I'm feeling like when I'm pouring my heart out you know in certain topics like I did in the last podcast they they can tell you oh, know what yeah. I'm saying they, they can definitely feel that because I can feel it when you listen to podcasts or you listen to you watch tv shows or you you know watch something that is like unscripted and like real like about real life um you could definitely tell what type of mood oh is. yeah you could definitely tell dude so going going into the whole witnessing thing and the whole like being called thing that my pastor just preached um, this past Sunday night on an, the thought of perfectionism versus expressionism. And I've been doing a lot of thinking about that since then. So some of this is my thoughts. Some of this is is stolen from my bishop and pastor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, That's how it goes. Hey, but so you think about perfectionism. Perfectionism and this is this is something that he said in that in that message perfectionism is a moral higher ground thought and he and honestly it's the same thing with with self-loathing and I, you'll see where i'm going with the whole self-loathing thing here in a second but perfectionism starts out at a very it seemingly a moral higher ground which is i i want this to be for God. Therefore I want it to be perfect. Right. But in that, okay. Tying it in with self-loathing, self-loathing says I'm not worthy. Therefore I'm not going to put myself in that position. The reason that they both seem like they are on a higher moral ground is because that it seems based on humility or a willingness to do something incredible for God. Right. But the issue is, is the outcome. Both have the outcome of not getting underneath and putting your shoulder to the wheel of a call of God. So what, what the devil is doing and even in perfectionism, perfectionism is a form of self-loathing because I can't do this because I'm not good enough at it. 
I can't right. perfect it. Well, that's a form of self-loathing. Self-loathing is saying I'm not good enough. I, if that's the case, if self-loathing and perfectionism go hand in hand, like I, talking with people, a lot of times you'll say like you have like you're you're self-loathing yourself. No, I'm not. I'm just a perfectionist. Right. Yeah. No, no, it's self-loathing. If you can, if you can't look at yourself and say, you know what, I'm gonna step out of myself and I'm gonna go do something for God, which is hard for me to do. I, I will readily admit that. Like getting to a point and tying all this back into prayer, a prayer life is what got me to a point to an anointed life. You cannot, there, there is no such thing as a non-praying Christian. My my brother, my, my brother makes, and my pastor makes that statement all the time there. You cannot be a Christian if you don't have a prayer life because being a Christian is being Christ-like. Yep. And if you're being Christ-like, you're following after his example. And not only that, you have a relationship with him. And if you don't have that relationship, how how's God supposed to tell you and talk to you about what you need to be saying to people if you don't ever talk to him? It's just, it's part of it. But, so, going back to the whole self-loathing perfectionism thing. Um, the, the interesting part of that, to me, is what the devil kind of does with that the devil's cloaking this idea of perfectionism in a sense to where it's like it's okay to be this because i can't outright come at you with self-loathing because you can recognize self-loathing yeah self-loathing is something to where when you say it most listeners ears kind of either perk up or they they kind of cringe in themselves like man i'm just glad that i don't self-loathe right yeah like I'm glad that I'm not that. But if you if you're dealing with perfectionism, you're dealing with it. It may not be as extreme as self-loathing, but it's a form. It's a type of it for sure. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I think, and like we were talking about yesterday, it comes to a point where you begin to not do things mm-hmm. because you feel like you're not good enough. Yeah. And when you get to a point where you're not doing things, think these things could include things for God. And so, for example, I felt that way in my own life. Um, when it comes to like maybe playing guitar or something, if I feel like I can't nail the song sometimes, I'll be like, okay, well, I'm just not going to play. You know what I'm saying? But that's my ministry. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's something that I have to, I have to every, not every Sunday, but a lot of times I have to, cause I don't play as much anymore, but I have to work myself out of that. It's like, I'm doing this for the kingdom of God. If I come out there with the right spirit and the right heart and I, and I put up my equal amount of, of practice oh, yeah. and, and, and effort God will take care of the rest. Bro, and that's the thing is you, anybody that plays music in church, you got to think of it like this. God's name has been cursed, sworn at, hated all week long. The things that God had to watch that went on in the earth are mind boggling. But there's a moment in time where a group of people get together and worship God. Bro, it's not about you. I want my praise to echo throughout heaven's corridor. And I'm going to put as much practice as I can in, and I'm going to let God work out the difference. If God can anoint me, then my practice will be worthwhile. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. And that's that's the thing you got to come to in in your mind. like. But that's the same thing with outreach, too. I'm going Because a lot of times, because 
I, and, and I've talked with people and I've felt this in my own life to where I don't feel like I know enough scripture and Bible, especially when I first really started getting in church for myself and I started studying God and studying the word of God, not to figure out what I believe, but to figure out who he is. Yeah. Bro, when I started doing that, I realized I don't know that much. So when you start witnessing to people and teaching Bible studies and they're asking the hard questions of life and you're sitting there confronting things that you've never had to confront before, you feel like, dude, I'm not good enough to do this. But it goes back to, okay, you may not have all of the answers, but looking at someone and going, you know what? Let me go pray about that. Let me go study that. Let me go ask someone about that. Is yep. better than than getting waiting hundreds of years because if that's the thing is if you're waiting till you're good enough, this is the point about perfectionism I was going to make. Excuse me. Um, perfectionism is almost an anti-biblical concept in and of itself because you can't be perfect until you get to heaven until this immortal or the, until this mortal puts on incorruptible until I get to heaven, I can't necessarily be perfect. It's my job to strive for perfection, but there has to come a point to where you realize it doesn't matter how much I strive. There's going to be a point to where I, I fall short in some capacity because I don't have the ability to make it perfect. Yeah. Okay. With that being said, I'm going to go do everything in my power today. I'm going to go make sure that my prayer life is where I can control today. Because if I don't, I get into this, this thought pattern to where it's completely undisciplined and my thoughts go erratic and my, yeah. my, my witnessing life goes erratic and every every form of my life is begins a state of deterioration because that's the thing praying is exactly what david did when he prayed he, and he asked god in psalms 51 creating me a clean heart when you're praying you're getting past self god's creating in you a clean heart the law of thermodynamics, the second law of thermodynamics state that anything that is created begins to de deteriorate. Okay. If that's the case and you want to, and you want to get in kind of this, this thought pattern, once you pray, God creates in, in you a clean heart, right? It renews in you a right spirit. If that's not recreated, it begins to deteriorate. Right. No. Yeah, for sure. Bro, you got to get to, and I'm not saying you, but I'm just saying in a general sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I always do that. Like, bro, you got to. But, okay, let me let me rephrase that. Bro, I got to get to a point. Definitely. To where I have to have God recreated me a clean heart. Because there's things that happen throughout a day that makes people just, you get cut off in traffic one too many times, and that guy's just being a jerk <sighs> on the road, and you're like, you know what, dude? Got some choice words for you, Chief. I don't want to be a Christian right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But in reality, that's where God has to create in us that clean heart. Well, that doesn't happen automatically. 
That happens from a disciplined prayer life. Consistency is, you know, is what we're talking about right now. It's like if consistently every single day life happens, right? Mm-hmm. In order to combat that, you know, the bad things that happen in life, the things that suck, the things that, you know, make us sad or depressed or upset. Oh, yeah. You got to get back into a prayer, a, a consistent prayer life to the point where you are renewed every day. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You are renewed throughout the day. You know, I was talking about it uh, last week when I was talking about the first part of this is like prayer is, is a two way communication. Uh, of course, God can can read your thoughts. He knows Every, he knows the, the intents of your heart. He understands everything about you. But God can, I won't say he can, but he won't, you know, respond, you know, respond to things that are going on in your life unless you ask him. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And that's the thing. You, you've got to get into a place where you pray with God. And I mean, did you pray to God? Because it's communication. You know? So to, to tie on to that, I can't remember if there's a scripture that says to bring your faces before God. Or your face before God. And in, in, if memory serves me right, there is. And I've heard this taught, and I hope that I don't just completely botch this, but um, I heard it taught that if you read what the Hebrew um, rabbis teach about that, that word talks about it in the form of faces, plural. So if anybody calls you two-faced, you can go ahead and just be like, no, I'm not. I have a lot of faces. Because what they teach is your face expresses emotion. Okay. So what that means is you're bringing all of your emotions before God. Right. Your anger, your distrust, your every emotion that the human being can portray is what you must bring before God's feet, which is a hard thing to do. It's really hard to look at God sometimes and be like, you know what? I'm frustrated with you because I I want this thing done. And that's the thing is, so when it comes to a prayer life, this is something that, that I've dealt with before. And so in Genesis 32, follow me here. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go through this just real quick and I'm going to try and be as quick as I can with it because there's a lot of stuff in Genesis 32 <laughs> that gets fun. But so in Genesis 32, Jacob wrestles with, with a man in Hebrews 12 and four says that he wrestled against angels and prevailed, but he prevailed Hebrews 12 and 4 says that he prevailed with weeping and supplications or weeping and begging for forgiveness. Right, right. Okay. So when Jacob breaks, this weird thing happens to where the angel or the man or or however you believe it, but it was sent by God. We, We can, no matter what you believe on that specific point, whether it was God, angel, or himself, Whatever it was, it was it was sent from God. Definitely. Okay. Um. So, but that uh, I'm just gonna say that it was an angel based on Hosea twelve and four. So the angel looks at him and says, "Um, what is your name?" Names had such a significant part of 
that person's identity as far as who you were. So Jacob meant heel grabber. So when Jacob said, I am Jacob, it wasn't like a, you know, hey, good to meet you type thing. Mm -hmm. It was, this is who I am. I'm the heel grabber. I'm the liar. I'm the one who cheated my brother out of a birthright. And he tore off a mask. And as soon as that happened, the angel looked at him and said, for no longer will your name be Jacob, but Israel. Yeah. Bro, we get to a point, and I think I've made this statement before last time I was here, but we get to a point to where every time, uh, think about it, dude. How many times have you walked into a church or walked into church, your your local assembly, and you're like, and someone walks up to you, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. But when you say I'm good, it's like, not not really. No, I'm not. All hell's breaking loose in my life. But my, my world's crumbling in around my ears, but I'm going to look at you and I'm going to tell you that I'm good because as of right now, I'm hiding behind this cardboard cutout of a perfect image of me. Yeah. Well, the issue with that is, is you get so in a, in a place to where, excuse me, you're used to doing that to where you get into a prayer room and you start talking to God as though everything's okay. Bro, the moment that Jacob took that mask off and started telling God who he was is the moment that his he had a name change. Yeah. No longer will you be called Jacob, but Israel. You got to get to a place in your prayer life to where you're actually real with God. Yeah, that's very God's true. not interested in a prayer life where it's the Bible calls it vain repetition to where it's just like, okay, God. I'm going to come in here and no, 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 no. God's longing for a relationship with you. You're the bride of Christ. Dude, it's so much bigger than just, I, I'm here. Think about it. Okay. To all of those that are in a relationship or are married or have been in a relationship. If you don't walk up to your wife or your girlfriend and tell them, Hey, I love you or show them that you love them. There's going to be some stuff said. Oh, definitely. And I've, I've heard, I've obviously never been married, but I've, you know, my, my brothers are married and I've listened to them talk. And my, uh, my, my, one of my best friends, my cousin is married and listening to, to how he engages his wife. I noticed kind of a pattern. You can't walk in there and not voice, and express, I love you. Yeah. Because if that happens, if you don't ever show love, you'll never receive love. That's a fact. God is longing for a relationship with you. So walking in there and being open and honest with God, it sounds almost like, okay, yeah, everyone should be open and honest with God. But are you really? Yeah. Are you actually open? Have you told God that you're what you're dealing with and what you're struggling with, with not being happy where you're at in your spiritual life? Have you told God lately? I'm not okay with me. Have you told God lately? I'm frustrated about the timing on the situation that's happening. Yeah. I'm going to get very candid right here. And I, the only reason that I'm doing this, and I don't want anybody to think that I'm saying this for any type of effect, 
or any or anything like that. Okay. The what I'm getting ready to say is something that I've dealt with in my personal life. The only reason that I'm bringing this up and saying this is so if there's somebody else out there who's de- who has dealt with the same things that I have. There's there there was a moment in my life to where I wouldn't pray about a certain subject in in a certain situation in my life. And God was dealing with me to a point to where he was he wanted me to I feel like he wanted me to talk about it. And I I got to a point to where I I looked at God and was like, I'm scared to ask you. I'm scared to ask you about this because I don't I, I I'm having a little bit of struggle with my faith right now. I'm scared to ask you because I'm scared if the answer's no. And bro, I felt I felt something lift from me because I was honest with him. The next service literally the next service God started dealing with me through preaching bro it did not it didn't last a whole 24 hours because when you're candid with God Almighty and you're at that point to where God Almighty is is dealing with you on a situation and you look at the king of kings and kind of timidly go I'm scared because what, what if, what if you don't answer my prayer? Yeah. Yeah. And bro, as soon as I did that and I took that mask off before God, God immediately started changing things in my life. A prayer life is a relationship with him. It's not a, it's not something that's just, Oh man, I have to go do this. There's times right. where you have to take your flesh. And that's that's why Paul said, I must die daily. It's dying to your flesh. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was one preacher. Uh, I, I don't want to say his name. He's an old, uh, old man of God. I don't believe he's alive anymore. But listening to some of his recordings and stuff, he said a statement that uh, sometimes you have to grab yourself by the nap of the neck. And look at yourself in the mirror and be like, punk, you're going to go pray. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because sometimes you don't always want to, and that's your flesh, you know. Yeah. And if you don't, you know, put that under submission, then you'll never pray. Or you'll never do what God asks of you. you never do what, what you're supposed to do. If you don't, if you're not constantly putting that under submission. Right. So. And, and how are you supposed to go grow a, how are you supposed to grow a ministry if you can't pray? How are you supposed to grow your spiritual life if you can't be honest enough with God to let him help you deal with the hard things? Definitely. Because that's the thing is like not dude. Okay. You, you want to hear a weird concept about faith? The apostles in, in, I believe it. Well, in the gospels. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John record it. Um, but the apostles just witnessed Jesus Christ taking a couple pieces of fish, a couple pieces of bread and feeding 5,000 people. They get in a boat with him and they look at him and go, Lord, increase our faith. Hmm. That's confusing to me because if I would have, man, if I would have witnessed that kind of miracle and that's, that's the way we think of it today. If I would have witnessed that kind of miracle, man, 
there's no way that, but you have to get into a prayer room and start dealing with issues of your faith and let God deal with them. That's a hard thing to do, bro. It is definitely. Have you ever had like that moment where, um, like you were dealing with something in your life and you were almost afraid to ask God about it because you didn't know if he was going to answer? I have. And I think, I feel like that happened recently with, um, with like, um, with school and plans for school, uh, like, uh, grad school and stuff. And so just being honest for the longest time, I didn't pray about it mm-hmm. just because I, I was scared, you know, that either he wouldn't answer me or that I wouldn't get the answer that I wanted. And that Ooh, is, yeah. that's the major difference. It's like, yeah. <laughs> and then it's so stupid to think it's like just because you don't pray about it doesn't mean that something's not going to happen or it's going to go your way <laughs> if you're right. if your way is the opposite of god's way just because you don't ask god about it doesn't mean that it, everything just stops and stands still and nothing happens right life still has to go on and so that's why it's better to pray well you know? and the bible also says that you have not because you what because you ask not you know and if 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 a son was to go to his, his dad and be like, Dad, I am hungry. I want bread. And his dad goes, cool, I got a rock. <laughs> no. he was He's obviously going to go give him bread. That's, yeah. his, that's his boy. Definitely. How much more is God going to do that for you? Okay, here's, here's the thing, though. It, the other scripture it says is it talks about you ask amiss. Bro, when you're asking things of God, and this is something that, that I'm still working out in my own prayer life. How do I ask this to where, God, this is, I'm asking this, if this is in your will, please let it be. Yeah. Because, so I started thinking about that. The Bible talks about it in the sense of if you are living an anointed life, Throughout, if you go and start studying out the scripture about you have not because you ask not, it's not a thing to where, you know, it's not something that just you arbitrarily ask. If you're living in the will of God, mm-hmm. you have not because you ask not. Definitely. If you're not living in the will of God and you're sit- still sitting there going, God, I want a wife and I want this relationship to work and I want this to work and I want this to work. And Oh, and while you're at it, I would love a new Mercedes Benz. Uh, No, it's not going to happen. Yeah. But when you're submitted to God, you're living what God's doing, what God's called you to do. Then when you start asking things, it's not asking a miss. Definitely. Bro. The, I, I and, that, and that goes that even speaks to we're going to get to the last question here in a second Okay. but that even speaks to you know you know the scripture that talks about the desires of your heart oh yeah and I always tell people like when people are asking me about it and like my thoughts on it I'm like well when you're doing the will of God the desires of your hearts change so it's like at 100%. first at first you're like God I want a car I want a house <laughs> I want this I want a, a, a $500,000 you know job salary all that stuff but then once you start getting the will of God, now you might be asking for some of those same things, but the intent yeah, different of reason. your heart. Different. Instead of a God, I want a job so that way, you know, I can go do cool things in life. It's yeah. God, I want a job so I can be a blessing to the church. 
God, exactly. I want a job so that way I can take somebody under my wing yep. and mentor them. And I can, it, like, one of the things is, is if you don't, my brother's made this statement. I, I keep saying my brother, my pastor, excuse me, has made, made this statement several times. But the devil doesn't care if you have dreams. The devil only cares if you have financing for them dreams. Mm. Because a dream without financing is called a pipe dream. Yeah. A dream with financing is something that is achievable. Yeah. So if you if you're somebody who struggles financially, whether that's with financial discipline or that's just, you know, your income in a general sense, if you're somebody who struggles with that, you got to get your house in order. And dude, again, these are things that I've dealt with in my life. This isn't something that, you know, got the gold star and I'm perfect at this. Like there's a lot of things that, that I talking about here because personal experience. Definitely. I feel you. But once you start getting those aspects under control, those dreams are able to be finalized. Like, bro, if, if you didn't have, if you only had the dream for this podcast and you only had the vision for this podcast, but you weren't doing something about working Dude, God blessed you with with income so that way you're able to go buy things to make this content better, to make your ministry yeah, better. Exactly, yeah. You're not out trying to buy the latest and greatest newest car and the, you know, well, I have to have the, the brand new version of the Apple Watch right. wristband yeah. and the, let me go get, I don't even know if Yeezys are still a thing, but yeah. <laughs> I, I wear work boots and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah there there's a certain individual in my life that was like i i got some uh new pants and they're like yeah they look good you still need help though <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny but no for sure i i yeah and i definitely agree uh you start putting plans into action and god you know especially if that's what god ordained god oh, yeah. would definitely bless that 100%. and that actually gets us into our last question like tips to develop a consistent prayer life it's like just like we talked about make yourself what do you mean by that god's not going to do it for you yeah nobody's going to do it for you and that's something that you have to learn and understand and i cannot emphasize this point enough and i cannot be passionate about this point enough nobody no it's nobody's job to pray for you You don't have the right to walk up and ask anybody to pray about any situation if you're not praying about it yourself. Wow. No, that is definitely You don't have a right. Because if God Almighty is is asking you to pray about something, or there's a situation in your life that you feel is worthy enough to go ask somebody else to take their time to pray about you, and you're not praying about it, why would God even listen to that? Yeah. Definitely. Nobody, absolutely nobody is going to do it for you. Get yourself by the nap of the neck. Look at yourself in the mirror every single morning. You get up like, hey, stupid. Sometimes you got to talk to yourself a little rough. Yeah, definitely. If everyone caters to you and coddles you in your life, then you need to talk to yourself a little bluntly. Yeah. Hey, get yourself out of bed. Go pray. I don't care if... If you have to wake up at four o'clock in the morning to make sure that you get a prayer life or you stay up 
If you work late and you pray better at night, I don't care if you have to be at the, at your prayer spot, wherever that is, go find a location. If you can make it to the church, make it to the church. If you can't make it to the church, go kneel down in your bedroom. Go physically go to a location that is in your mind. This is where I talk to God. Yeah. Yeah. And I talked about that last, in the last podcast too. Making a room and being intentional. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, I think, you know, wrapping up here, I think at the end of the day, you have to realize that prayer is a zero-sum game. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean it is one of those things that you can literally say is a heaven or hell issue. Yeah. If you don't pray, guess where you're ending up? You know what I'm saying? Uh, again, to reiterate the statement my, my pastor makes, there's no such thing. Again, there is no <laughs> such thing as a non-praying Christian. If you're not praying, you're not Christian. Yeah. And that's why I said in the last podcast, too, I forget who uh, the author was that I quoted, but he basically said, you know, uh, a, a, a Christian that doesn't pray is a Christian that, that doesn't have power. Oh, 100%. You know? And so if you want to achieve things, you want to get somewhere, you want to expand your ministry and expand your life and feel that sense of fulfillment, prayer is the answer. It, real quick on that. Just a, just a quick thought for everybody out there. There's something incredibly deep going on in the spiritual world at this point in time. And me and a few of my friends have gotten talking about it. And even in my own church, I'm, I'm witnessing this. Bro, I genuinely, genuinely believe that God Almighty is getting ready to pour out a revival like we've never seen before in our life. Mm-hmm. I believe that. Now, we've heard that preached so many times. But right. when you start seeing God do stuff and you're like, oh, snap. I've never seen God move like that before. Right. I've never seen God. I'm telling you, stop playing games. Quit to anyone listening out there that's playing games with yourself. With yourself, Let me ask everyone out there. You have to answer this for yourself, right? If you, I don't know if this video. Okay, there we go. He's got so many cameras in here pointing at me. I'm so, my hands are sweating so bad. <laughs> I told him when we first got in here, I was like, man. I thought this was a podcast. I came from work. I pulled I pulled a shirt straight out of the drawer. It's not iron. It's <laughs> all good, bro. I'm jeans and work boots. No, but <laughs> No, okay. So this camera here? Yeah. If somebody was if somebody was lying to you and you found out that that person was lying to you, you'd be hurt by that. Right? Yeah. Everyone would. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Even if you lied to other people and then you find out that someone is lying to you, you're hurt by it. Oh, yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's a weird concept, but it's true. But we lie to ourselves and say that I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, yeah. We lie to ourselves and say, oh, th- that might be for somebody, someone else. It's not for me, though. God doesn't work for me like that. Excuse the way I say this, but shut up. God's calling you to do something, not tomorrow. Tomorrow isn't guaranteed to you anyways. Stop lying to yourself that you're going to do something tomorrow. Definitely. As soon as you get done with this podcast, go find, I'm going to go do this. When I, when I leave this podcast, I'm going back to my place of prayer and I'm going to go talk to God about some things in my own life. Go figure out what you need to change. God's doing something. Don't waste time. The Bible says redeeming the time for the days are few. God's calling you to do something, not tomorrow, today. 
Yeah. Stop it. Stop lying to yourself. Stop lying in, to yourself and the, those around you going, no, man, I got it all together. If you don't have it together, go get it together. It's not that complicated. You start talking. I'm telling you. How many times have you heard it preached and how many times have you witnessed in your own lives to where when God says, if you take one step, I'll take two. Bro, how many times has it happened for you? A lot. A lot, bro. Stop lying to yourself. Go do it. Not tomorrow. That's a, that's, that's a trick that the devil does is, Mm -hmm. well, yeah, you know, that might be for someone else that goes into that whole perfectionism thing. Rewind this. However long this was, Mm -hmm. go back to the point to where we talked about perfectionism. Perfectionism is a cloak. The devil uses to get you to lie to yourself, to never fully buy into the anointing of the Holy ghost. Amen. You, and to all those people who feel called, but never do anything about it. Change. Stop waiting. Today's that day. I'm telling you, I feel that in the Holy Ghost right now. Today's that day. Forget that whole concept of, ah, you know, wait till I get things right. Go find someone to talk to today. Yeah. Who are you going to go witness to today, Carl? Who in your mind, when when I'm saying all this, can you go reach out to directly after this podcast? There's someone I have in mind. Yeah. There's there's a a guy um, by the name of uh, Diego Rivera. He's he's works for a company that um, that does electric, right? Or hires electrical or electricians for for jobs. Okay. Okay. For for whatever reason, I tried calling him the day before I came over here, bro. I don't know. I don't even know how I'd start that conversation. Mm-hmm. But stop waiting. God put that person in your mind. As soon as I said that to all the listeners too, God put that person in your mind. As soon as I said it. Who can you go call today? You know that there's someone out there. Stop being shy about God. Last point, last point, I promise. My brothers made this statement many times. The early church, they tried to get them to be quiet and shut up because there's people getting beheaded because they were proclaiming the gospel of Christ. The early church couldn't shut up. Today's church, we can't get them to speak. Hmm. Yeah, bro. I feel that right now. Today's church, we can't get them to speak. Yeah, that's I, true. I don't want to offend anybody. All right, that's the last point I'll make. I love y'all. I mean, just like Shia LaBeouf said, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> you know, Nike, do Nike. it. Just do it. That's it, man. Hey, man. Thanks hey, for bro. having me on, bro. For real, man. I appreciate you being on. Uh, plug your social media. Uh, I don't have Facebook. Twitter, I'm not active. <laughs> uh, Instagram, I don't ever post anything. But follow him on Instagram anyway. Uh, if you want, sure. Why not? What is it? Uh, uh, it's my name, Dallas G. Walker. Okay. And then obviously you guys can find me and Logan at the Manifest Podcast and at the Uncle Carl. I told you guys I changed my name. <laughs> and uh, Bro, you are. You got that <laughs> Uncle vibe. <laughs> That's what everyone keeps telling me, bro. That's why I changed it. And then you can find Logan at Lorical. Uh, thank you guys for listening. This has been the Manifest Podcast. And again, thanks for joining us, bro. Hey, absolutely. It was a pleasure. Yes, sir. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks again for listening to our podcast. For more encouraging messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out past episodes. If you like what you just heard, please consider rating and sharing it with your friends. God bless and don't forget to be a hyphen.